Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, yippee-car-fucking-yay, it's Tuesday. This is Slogging It. Welcome back. Welcome back to Simon, actually. Eugene and I were together last when you last heard from us while we interviewed the legend that is Mr. Mike Gatting, OBE, and some very favourable feedback received from that wonderful interview. Simon, Mm. welcome back, mate. Thoughts initially on, on, on the interview with Gat? Thought it was very good, very very good. He made some very interesting points. He's done a lot, hasn't he, in the game? Yeah. A lot of uh, and a, a lot of highly commendable work since he finished playing. He talks about the stuff that he's been doing in in China and and Hong Kong. All very interesting. I really liked his thoughts on team sports. That's obviously aligns a lot with what oh, obviously is heavily involved in the tabs, and that's what they thought their thoughts are anyway. So. Yes, it, I really like that. And the thought that being involved in team sports, no matter what it is, he was obviously involved in football and cricket. The thoughts that that and being involved in that can massively develop you, help you through life as you get older, I fundamentally believe in as well. So, yeah, just very interesting, very insightful to know, following sort of the the the, the bit of the rant that I had about the ICC and, and high-end organizations within sport to know that obviously he was involved in the mcc cricket committee and various things like that that there is there is some people he i did notice he was never employed by the icc so we'll we'll take that but there is people like the mcc and there are organizations out there that are trying to develop the game in spite of the icc doing the best to narrow it off to maybe four or five nations so um yeah, it was a brilliant interview. Absolutely brilliant interview. Well done to you, Pe, for co- coaxing him through it. it he, I know he's not been interviewed a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was very interesting. And yeah, well, I guess huge when we were doing that and when we were talking about it, and we obviously asked Gat about it as well. We we just decided that everybody's heard about the Shane Warne thing, haven't they? Everybody's seen the thing, all the coverage of him having his nose broken in the West Indies. We wanted to kind of get different bit of information out of him than what there's no point rehashing the same stories that everybody's heard over and over again right yeah i mean you know he he is the epitome of 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 the professionalism you all you got to do is ask him a question and he talks for five and a half minutes on on each question and covers everything which is phenomenal it was one of the easiest interviews because all you do is tee him up and then go make a cup of tea and come back when he's finished (laughs) but 
yeah, he was he was so good, so so good from a from a, a, an interview point of view. And hopefully, listeners thought that you know we asked questions as you say that were completely different and off piece compared to everything he normally gets asked. Well, so you know, hopefully, people know that now he's the he's involved in the Hong Kong club, yeah. cricket club, and he's got a yeah, that looks yeah, a good a trip, by the way. Yeah. It does, yeah. We should, yeah, we should like see if we can sit and pack ourselves in his luggage next time he pops over there. I think, right? A, a guy that was my. Coach. I like the way I like the way he called it the watering hole on mm. the way to Australia. Yes. Yeah, I quite like yeah. that. Mm. So a guy, a guy that used to be my coach when I was playing, that I called Matt Wright, was involved. Was actually the head coach at Hong Kong Cricket Club for an amount of time. I don't know if he's still there. Actually, he might still be the head coach. Who knows? But he, a couple of times I spoke to him since he went over there first time in about 2007, 2008 to, to run some coach, I ended up living out there for a bit. It, it did sound like he was having a lot of fun. Yeah, they Singapore. They cricket the right oh, way. Singapore <laughs> cricket looks like a right spot as well. I had a mate mm. of mine who now works for Liv at a senior level, who, who James Watson, who I played with at Wimbledon, went out and lived in Singapore for a while, which just looked insane. So, but following on from Gat, two other ex-England captains lined up for interviews with the three of us. Well, well two, it'll be two of us each, won't it? But very excited to announce that we've got Chris Cowdery and David Gower lined up to the the three interviews kind of back to back to back, if you like, of three ex-England cricket captains and three absolute legends of the English game. So exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. It should be good to compare notes. And obviously we were at the dinner the other week with, with Chris and he sort of explained how he got into the England captaincy role, which is a very, very funny story. But no, it'd been like different philosophies and different stuff. Like Gat was obviously very much, I am who I am. Don't need to do a lot differently. It'll be interesting, but that was certainly within the Middlesex dressing room. We didn't really, it wasn't really a lot of questioning on the England dressing room, which let's face it throughout that time period was an interesting spot to be in. Some interesting characters, so it was a bit of a hide into nothing, really, with the, what you found out that everything was going off behind the scenes. And obviously, Lord Gower has got some even funnier stories that may or may not involve a Mesh Smith or <laughs> tiger a different mark, wasn't it? type of a Tiger Moth. Yeah, so uh, not a Mesh Smith. Jesus wept. No, <laughs> that that would have been a, been some coincidence at the time. But no, so yeah, good. we've got some good stuff coming up, hopefully, and hopefully yeah. you guys are listening enjoy it and agree with us that we, we, we love doing it, so we hope you guys listen, enjoy listening to it. Well, exactly. So other things that we're going to talk about tonight is the fact that Glenn Maxwell is just the roguest legend, I think, ever to walk the face of the planet. We will be discussing um, the Big Bash, the SA20, England's upcoming tour to India, and uh, anything else we can think of. So, Eugene, if I said we were going to start with England, you'd want to talk about the SA20. So we're going to start with Australia. The Big Bash. Now, very interesting scorecard from the game the other day that you were talking to us about off-air. Do you want to just elaborate, please? Yeah, I can do. Obviously, the, the Big Bash is coming to a climax. Well, as we record this on Tuesday, it'll be tomorrow morning. It'll be Wednesday morning. So hopefully when you're listening to this, if for those of you that are listening to the pod, you can tune in and have a look at what's going on in the Big Bash final. But yeah, a really, really interesting scorecard with a, a certain Jay Brown, 
who is a competitor to, or a competitive bat maker to the wonderful brand that is Woodstock. He scored 140 or 57 balls. He is only one of two people to score double figures. The second person scored 33. And then the next highest was nine. And then there was extras at eight. But it was an unbelievable scorecard for, I think that that sort of a, that just creates like a one-man team. He carried the heat through in every sense of the word. So is there, was this in the, the kind of final section of the Big Bash? Or was this still in the in the kind of round robin groupy groupy stage? Yeah, it was the playoff. It was the well one of the sixteen playoffs that they've had with the way well, that they worked it out. The same as the I was going to say of the of the IPL. Because one of the things that we have often taken aim at the Big Bash for is the fact that it seems to last about twenty seven months every year. But this year, yeah. it hasn't seemed to for me. I don't know if they've changed it at all, but it doesn't seem to have dragged on for anywhere near as long as it has done previously. Or has it been exactly well, If you think about it, yeah, if you think about it, well, no, I think it's a little bit shorter. If you think about it, it started in December and we are now at the end of January. So the best part of close to two months of cricket. Yeah, it has been going on quite a while. But yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, is that the the Heat lost in the qualifier on the 19th and then went through to what they call the knockout, where they played against the Scorchers. Oh, sorry, the Scorchers played against the um, Adelaide Strikers. The, the, the Strikers, the Adelaide Strikers went through. The Heat then had another go because of where they finished in the log and ended up beating the Strikers convincingly in the end by the best part of 55 runs. So... And then the final, as I say, tomorrow. And who is it tomorrow? The Heat and the... Sydney Sixers. Oh, so the Scorchers, who are, well, without a shadow, the most successful side in Big Bash history, are not in the final, which is interesting. I stand to be corrected, but I think they were going for the triple. Mm. So, yeah, I think they were, because yeah. they had that amazing comeback in the final last year with that Cooper Connolly, who's the, got the roguest haircut ever known to That's man a big, outside. Big of, shout in Australia, out, isn't it? Well, yeah, and, and outside of the... <laughs> deep south in in the US. Robbo, you also noticed something interesting from that particular game scorecard surrounding one Matthew Renshaw, once of, uh, well, the next big Australian hope, wasn't he? Well, yeah, when, when I first saw the scorecard, it was like I was looking at an under-11 scorecard where someone had allowed a 17-year-old to play um, and, like, a big brother had rocked up and just gone, no, I'm going to teach you kids a lesson here. Um but, but no, he did manage to put on. He was part of quite a successful partnership in that, in that innings with Mister Brown, and they managed to put on. They managed about for five overs. They put on, I think it was sixty, of which he got six in nine balls. So in the other, in the other what, twenty balls, he's managed to knock a steady fifty odd, which is, I mean, wow. it's a supporting role. It's a supporting role, and every. Every good innings needs a crutch somewhere. For every Ben Stokes, there is a Jack Leach. <laughs> you know, so, captain, captains will say to you, though, as, you're the, as the new batter, just get one. Just get the, the batsman who's in back on strike. I don't think anyone says that in T20 anymore, do they? Well, they, maybe not. That was a little, <laughs> ode to, a little ode to Neil Turk there. My old, my old skipper used to go berserk about it. Just get off fucking strike. Considering he didn't, blo- considering he didn't, he didn't block a ball in his entire career. Yes, I mean it's easy no, for him well, to say. No. 
But but no, I mean, it, it, I, one thing I will comment on, all the, the Mickey Mouse, sorry, T20 franchise cricket that seems to be going off at the same time at the minute. The one thing that has quite impressed me in some of the bits that I've watched, some of the fielding mm. has been redonkulous. Yeah. Some of the stuff that we've seen on boundaries, there was one in the New Zealand Auckland and District Pub T20 tournament that they got going off around the same time, where the guy died full length, caught it as he was sliding towards the rope, threw it back over his shoulder to his mate that was running around. What my my wording of it cannot possibly do it justice in. In the thing that a picture paints a thousand words, this video writes a, a blinking novel because it is insane what this guy mm. manages to do. You've also had some of the guys in the SA20. There was some big South African youth that thought he'd smash one out of the park. And one of the English lads in the tournament dived full length backwards again, caught it one handed, threw it around his back, back into play, got up, jumped out. They didn't run. <laughs> yes. Yes, true story. That'll be a dot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it has been uh, the, the standard of fielding's been absolutely sensational, hasn't it? And and continues to get better. Sometimes you you watch some things and wonder how it can get better, but inevitably it will. Um, well, I, I mean, what you need to really ruin the fielding is a good old fashioned England versus India Test series where it's going to be nine billion degrees C. Hmm. I mean, well, there is ever if there's ever a country that or a series that obviously encourages high quality fielding mm. it is playing in 368 degrees in Kolkata in front of about three men and a dog in a 150,000 seat stadium with a good amount of breeze just to take the edge off the heat oh no that's right no yeah and everyone everyone has to field in helmets because they're constantly stood around the bat well, yes. Yeah, I wasn't quite ready to move on to the England-India Test Series, <laughs> but thanks for the segue anyway. Now, one thing that I do just want to cover off before we move on, and it is something that we've whinged and moaned and arsehole about before, but you look at the, the Big Bash in particular, and with the way that these contracts are set up to the way that these lads play and move about these T20 tournaments now, the quality of player playing in the back end of the Big Bash tournament, the crunch end, the quality of cricket has gone through the floor compared to the group stages because people are allowed to go and play four games here and four games there and earn as much money as they can. We have previously said that if you sign, you should sign for a team for a tournament. But for whatever reason, the, the cricket administrators do not want to seem to take our advice. Eugene, what do you think? Wait. There was a day, the 19th of January, where there was four T20 competitions going on. Good. There was the Big Good Bash. Good day for the world. There was the 19. SA20. Yeah. There was uh, SA20. There was the ITL and the BPL, all happening at exactly the same time. So if you were any, if you had anything to do with cricket, you should have had a job. And the Super, there was was enough, a super uh, Smash going, going on as well. The, the New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And That's they the wonder why the, the we move on to and district probably, by the way, yeah. the Super Smash yeah. is the <laughs> more rogue name for the yeah. Auckland and District Skittles pub T twenty <laughs> tournament. Slight Yeah. Slight segue as we are talking about T twenty competitions, and I know we are going to talk a few of them, but I did see today <laughs> that a there was a clash between the Yeah, yeah, true. 
there's a clash between the Major League Cricket League and the 100. So there's going to be competition for players that came out today. I don't know if you saw that. There isn't. And i tell you why. Because the Major League Cricket pays about double what the 100 does. So there won't be... There's going to be no issue. There's going to be no decision there for people to be... You know, people would rather go to America and play poor quality cricket than come to the UK and play poor quality cricket because they get paid more for it. So it's about that simple, I would suggest. Why come and face Gus Atkinson when you can go to Florida and face a 39-year-old Liam Plunkett? I know what I'd rather be doing. Well, I don't. I, I could, if I was facing Gus Atkinson in Florida, I'd rather be in Florida, if I'm honest. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so you can pay me twice as much money to be in Florida than or Cardiff. I can, or I can be in Cardiff watching it rain. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Florida, mm-hmm. and mainly because mm-hmm. the golf courses are probably slightly better as well. So if it does rain. I mean, you, you're going to be all right. I, yeah. it, to be fair, this is all going to end soon anyway because the in the, the teams that own, you're going to have, God knows, Sunrisers or whoever else, by the time they've got Miami Superchargers or whoever they're called, they're, it'll all be owned by the team there, the IPL, and so they'll have formed a 12 months of the year league that goes all the way around the different countries. The 100 will sell out to it. We all know that. We can see it come in. The 100 will become a T20 tournament that the Indian companies own will buy into and they will have centrally contracted cricketers. So you will have all your cricketers playing in various different tournaments around the world. Well, so we haven't, we won't have to worry about this for very long. Case in point. Yeah. Your case in point, Mumbai Indians were playing on exactly the same day. Now, what I mean by that is Mumbai Indians Cape Town. So my yeah. Cape Town. I like the fact they've not even tried the to change the name. As Mumbai yeah, they were playing on exactly the same day as Mumbai Indians Emirates, which is the ITL Dubai yeah. side. So, I mean, the brand Mumbai Indians, and I'm, I, I don't know what the one's going to be called in the in the in the American League, but it's going to be Mumbai Indian something. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it will soon be. I mean, there was we've heard a story about it towards the back end of not last year, the year before, when it comes to people like Josh Butler. Joffre Archer, people like Glenn Maxwell, and they will talk about the fact that he played golf in 48 degrees and then decided to have a beer with Brett Lee and fell down some stairs. Like, you're going to have these guys that have just... Allegedly. Uh, allegedly apparently he didn't, fall, he didn't fall down the stairs either. I'm sorry, that's not, that's not how it happened. You're going to get up. us done for libel, mate, honestly. I'm not, because it's not true. I'm saying it's not true. But, yeah, you're going to have these guys who are going to be going to get be getting paid three, four, five million quid a year to go around and play in all these, a bit like Live Golf have done to a certain extent. Um, they're going to be they're going to be getting paid and they're going to manoeuvre the tournaments accordingly. So we can sit here and say that Mumbai Indians Miami is going to be, well, it's going to be a poor standard of cricket. It, it probably won't be because you're going to have, at the minute from what I can see, they've got no limit on overseas players. So it is just literally a superstar talk. Right in the ITL 20, they only have to pick two locals, don't they? Yeah. So, and and I've got a funny feeling that what will happen with that is the locals will include the West Indies. Because that's the oh, only in way. The, gonna, in, in the American one. In the American one. Yeah. So they're going to, it's going to say same continent, whatever you want to call it, and go, right, yeah, you're in. And all of a sudden, these West Indies lads, that's the, that's the only way I can see them making it work with the, 
with the, the laws and stuff. Um, what does that then do to the CPL? I think that'll 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 just become one big tournament. I mean, you look at it; it's only six weeks later, eight weeks later, isn't it? You go basically American League hundred CPL anyway, so it's it's going to make yeah. no odds. It'll all become one league, which might might help regenerate West Indies cricket. At the end of the day, if you start getting people, we've seen and we can talk about that. As, as that is a quite a pleasant segue, possibly into that but I, I i can just see it changing things altogether. and if people are naive enough to think the ecb i'm going to try and cash in when it comes to the hundred then uh, you, you're daft in my opinion well it was built as it was built as something that they wanted to then flog on for a profit anyway that was the whole point behind it but the problem is no one wants to buy it so um so there we go right let's talk more kind of proper cricket less hit and giggle cricket there is a certain five okay, twenty. One. Oh no, no. No, it's a twenty. You want to talk proper cricket? Okay. <laughs> Thank thanks for the contribution, Eugene. <laughs> the no right, no, let's do SA twenty then. Let's do that before we move on. I think South Africa are gonna win the T twenty competition because of the SA twenty. I have to say, I've been watching a lot of the highlights and I managed to catch the odd game live here and there. I have thought that the quality of cricket has been phenomenal from the South Africans as well as the overseas stars. I must say that too. The, specifically, the English players. So it's been very, very, very good mean, to see. Do you mean the English you know, South Africans? Likes of Roy. Well, no, no. Well, I mean, Butler's, Butler's having a stormer. You know, Jason Roy is actually coming into form. He's looking pretty, pretty good. The, the, the person that I thought that was going to perform, who started off okay, but is not doing so well at the moment, is Full Salt, who's playing for the Pretoria Capitals after the great T20 he had in, in the West Indies. Will Jack's got So, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, the strange thing is, is that the people that are scoring, the, the individuals that are scoring all the runs are the teams that are down at the bottom, you know? I mean, Will Jacks has scored 100, Pretoria Capitals are, are stone last... The Mumbai Cap, Mumbai Indians, or my Cape Town, both openers of both squads. Ryan Rickoff, you know, how good is he? Yeah, I mean they're they're sitting in fourth place at the moment, only on nine points. When him and Van Nostrand I mean, have just been smoking it everywhere. It wow. just it's been one of these. That's why I say the quality of competition, from my perspective, has been really, really good. The English bowlers, wow, they've been there's been wheels, there's been good control. It's it's been one of those tournaments that you sit there and you're going, this is actually half decent cricket, and I suppose it's been shown by the crowds. Every pretty much every single ground has been sold out. Yeah, no, the, so, the crowds have been yeah. fantastic, and thankfully we haven't had too many people being interviewed in a KFC bucket, which has always been my problem with some of the South African coverage before. Not necessarily of the SA20, but of South African coverage in general. But no, I think it's a good tournament. I do think it's a good tournament. Yeah. I think they tend to play each other home and away, kind of back to back, don't they? And then they kind of move around that way between different franchises but look simon and i and and eugene obviously for for slightly different reasons but love south africa and and kind of love everything about it um so just to finish up on that paul royals are top yeah, maybe it had something to do with the interview that we had with dane villas who's a possibly a squad member of the paul royals yeah he hasn't had a game yet he did come on and field in the last game when david miller got got injured and had to walk off the field so he came on as twelfth man and fielded for him, and they ended up still winning the game. So, yeah, it's been it's been good, lovely. 
Well, continue to do well, Dane. If you do get your chance, we we are sure as a friend of the podcast that you will no doubt take it. So we will now move on to India and England. Five test series starts on Thursday. One of our players can't get a visa to get in India into India, which obviously is no shock considering he is of Pakistani heritage. Shaheb Bashir, the Somerset spinner. I think they're also worried about him because he did so well against the Afghans in the in the Lions match. But another couple of notable absentees, Virat Kohli out of the first two tests for personal reasons, and Harry Brook has returned home for an unspecified amount of time, but the theory is that he will be able to join back up with the side later on in the tour. We assume for for per, well, it's for personal reasons. We assume something to do with family for for both him and Coley, but in both situations, not a huge amount of information has been has been passed to to broadcasters or media or us or whoever else. So obviously, it goes without saying we we wish those two and their families all well. How how do we feel about the about the upcoming test series, Robbo? Are we expecting to see maybe a reasonable wicket early doors and then India to prepare raging Bunsen's should England get on top early in the series? Or do we think they're just going to prepare? Mind? I don't know. I, I think uh, India are obviously a high-quality outfit like, in all conditions. So we, we discussed this with the T20 when it was, it was in India. Um. They're a very good side at the end of the day. Yes, he's always going to spin more because it's in the subcontinent, it's in India, and, and that's just the nature of the pitches out there. So I I think it'd be interesting to see. I think the first test will be quite, it'll be interesting because it's, again, Basball or England's ultra-positive mindset going into a, a new environment. Yeah, they, it was, they played it, obviously, in Pakistan back end of the year before last as we found out for Eugene. <laughs> that, so you, you, I think the first test, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, if they... But I don't know if, if the wickets did get drier. Obviously, we're going further and further through the Indian summer, so the wickets are probably going to get drier anyway. But you, you, I, I think this India side are good enough to beat anyone in the world pretty much in most conditions. Like, mm. you would You would have to say that. I think the Indians, we've seen what they want to do in terms of making money and making the tournaments and, and things that they're involved in be as profitable as possible. So I think they'll want five-day test matches because that's what makes people more money. Does that mean they're going to be flat as a fart start off with and then probably rag square? Yeah. Or does it mean they're going to spin more? They'll spin right the way through. I, I, like As England, we need to be quite careful. We've always sat there and slagged off wickets in the subcontinent. And this is where I think Rohit Sharma did really, really well with the wickets that mm-hmm. they played on in yeah, South Africa. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you, you, we need to be a bit careful. Like, we can't sit there playing on against Bangladesh in May on wet ones, wiping the floor with them, and then going, oh, we're just better than they are. Well, yeah, we, we're used to playing cricket in May in eight degrees. Like, and yet, having a moan when you go to India and it's 36 degrees, swelteringly hot and spinning. Mm. Right, come on! It, it needs to be. That's the point of home advantage. That's why it's so hard to win away from home in Test cricket. We've seen that. There's not many countries that go around the world doing it. Mm. Um, so I think it'll be a good series. 
in England side will be interesting to see what balance they go with. Obviously, they've got a couple of young spinners in the squad. Whether they pick them and or they use Root and as a kind of second spinner or third spinner, however they're going to go about it. I think Leach is going to play, obviously. Mm. How they then balance their sides. Obviously, Brooke coming home eases a selection dilemma for them a little bit. Mm. Lawrence has gone out there and the ease obviously turned down or cancelled his contract in the SA20 to go over there, which is an intriguing one because he's got over there under no central contract. And so he's not the only, from what I can, I was reading, he only gets paid if he plays. Yeah, I, I think that, I think he probably just wants to get back around that dressing room and show the coaching staff and Ben Stokes what he can do in the nets. I, I think that it's an automatic reselection for Ollie Pope, uh, which I don't think was a certainty had Harry Brook have been in and around. I also think that Johnny will now bat and Ben Folks will play as a specialist mm. keeper. Yeah. So um, it will be interesting. I think that I know what you mean about the the wickets and I, I agree that that Rohit Sharma interview was was very good and very insightful and I think he spoke well about it. I think that I can't remember where in which order the the test matches are being played by City, but and I don't know the I don't know the the breakdown of black soil versus red soil. I think all grounds tend to have both soil bases. Red soil tends to spin a lot more prodigiously than than black soil, although the, you can turn a ball on black soil, obviously. But it wouldn't surprise me if the series gets tight that you may see more red soil pitches used towards the back end if India feel like they're a little bit behind the eight ball. But as you quite rightly say, home advantage, fair play. Good on them, right? But I also I completely take your point and, that, and Rohit Sharma's point about you know, you play, they played on a, no, we had this conversation and we, was it, was it a poor wicket or did it create exciting cricket that match at Newlands? But, you know, test cricket should be played on wickets that challenge even the best players in the world. And, and, and so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Eugene, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Clash of the Titans? I think, I think India are going to be too good. Right. Although I think England will will give them a good run for their money. Look, two class squads, and I will say squads because a five test series in India, I think you have to have proper squads. It'll be really interesting because I want to see how many of those five tests Jimmy plays mm. in. You know, he's what he, he, he's moving on a bit now. Seventeen wickets. He needs yeah, to I think he needs seventeen wickets to be worn. Yeah. I think so. But we've got the West Indies, I think, and Sri Lanka coming over in the summer. So. And and I think more importantly, he's played 183 tests. I think he might become the only bowler to play 200 tests if he does get to that. Wow. And yeah, and I mean, this is a bowler, obviously. The irony of it, or the, the I don't know if you want to say the stars align, England happened to be playing 17 tests this year. 17 tests in a year? That's hectic. Yes. <laughs> When you say this T20 stuff's catching on, England don't seem to think so. They're cramming as many test matches as they can. In I'm just going to show you a photo. I got yeah. this earlier. In fact, obviously, I can't, I can't find it now. Anyone uh, listening to the podcast, this is probably not the best section for you. Yeah, this is going to work really well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hold on. <laughs> right. Yeah, this photo is going to be great. But yeah, I, I think I think that England should select more spinners than seamers. 
Look at him. He's in, he's unbelievable. He's in great shape. He could go on for years, the lad. Are you talking about the picture of Jimmy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's a fit lad. He, he looks a bit dehydrated. His, his lips were so white. Yeah, he's, he looks like he might be passing out in a having watched Brett Lee's band play. <laughs> no, he's obviously a fit lad. He, he, him and Brody, the epitome of why central contracts have worked. If everyone oh. can ever form without formulate an argument as to anything against central contacts, contracts, all the ECB have got to do is point to those two and go, that's why it works. That's why it works. And Brody, to be fair, retired at 36. Jimmy Anson is still going at 41. And if you look at his last tour of India, he got, what, 16 wickets at 20. He's he's arguably bowling as well now. Other than, I mean, yes, the Ashes series wasn't quite as prosperous for him as it, his previous ones. There can be a thousand and one reasons for that. I, not... He plays, in my opinion. He's got enough wickets in the round. He needs nine to get to 700, doesn't he? So you've got to stand there and look at it and go, look, he plays. Wood, for me, is the other one that will play. I think they'll play Leach. They'll then play Rihan Ahmed as as the second spinner, I think, whether they choose to pick a seamer in that role. I don't actually think they've taken anyone that can bat at eight well enough to challenge Rihan Ahmed in that job. Robinson... And bowled a ball since in a competitive game. I don't think since what June. So he's concentrating on his on his golf. Well, uh, yeah, he's getting caddying and he for his missus because she's a professional who, golfer who, or something. And who would blame him? Well, yeah, fair enough. But she's going to make more money than he does. <laughs> so I, I think that England side kind of picks itself now. You you could argue that you try and move. Do you pick Pope and then Stokes goes up to three and people move up the order, but then you're leaving yourself exposed with a very long tail with Rian Ahmed by next seven. You haven't really got that. Unless they pick a Lawrence as and you go Root and Lawrence as two spinners. So I don't know. And then the the India side obviously Coley missing out, but they've got that fellow they've got hundred against England Lions who's a wicket keeper. Yeah. He's yeah, that's been drafted the, the, he's been made to the squad so KL Rahul will go up and bat at four and then he'll come in and bat at seven. And, and take the gloves. And take the gloves. Jadeja, Ashwin, whichever other nine spinners they choose to pick with them, Bumrah and Shami. Well, Shami's not picked in the squad, is he? So with Siraj, you'd say. Yeah. Is there... Siraj, who's become a, a serious bowler, by the way. He's a bit... and this, he's, he's got a long way to go to get to the, to the name I'm about to say in terms of total wickets. He has got a bit of a Stuart Broad thing in him. When when he gets on a roll, he he bags five and six for quickly. He did it in South Africa, didn't he? Yeah, but he, if you, if you start looking at him, he's he's bowling some really, which is interesting for their side because they've almost had to switch it around because everyone used to think that Bumra was the guy that'd have to bowl, you'd have to use in the short spells, and and they had. Well, Shami, they had what was in another name, the guy that bowled, swung it both. Yeah, him. I can't remember his name. Great piece of commentary there from me. No, not Thakur. Bowls a bit slower than him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kumar. Yes, that's the badger. But they've, they they tended to rotate them along with Bumra being that kind of impact bowler. Whereas what you've seen a bit more recently is Bumra's the guy that runs in and I mean, they just get wickets, don't they? As a bowling attack, yeah. they're just very, very good. But 
and then Siraj has come in and if he gets him on a roll, they keep him going. But then if he's not hit anything, they just go, right, you're out, someone else have a go. And then bring you back on two or three overs. Oh, yep, you're off and running now. And before you know it, he's got fourther. And they broke the back of whoever they're bowling at. So from that point of view, interesting, you're still going to have England's same old challenges of can they play Jadeja, can they play Ashwin? Yeah. Can they play Axar Patel? Can they play whichever other world-class spinner they're going to rock up and... You know, you to have the left arm. Yeah. I'm not sure if he'll um, play I mean, more, more of a one-day bowler now, isn't he? But yeah. Be interesting I mean, they did out. have that lad that got six for him on debut against South Africa in the first test, didn't they? Washington Sundar's also a decent off-spinner. Hey, I don't yeah, know if he's, he's floating in and around the squad or not, but... He's more of that all-rounder role, though, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. You're talking about um, Mukesh Kumar, the other boy. Yeah. Okay. Kumar. Early predictions for the five test series. What's the score, Eugene? 4 1 India. Okay. Simon? Can, can I say the same score? You can say what you want. 4 0 India. I don't think there'll be a draw. Hmm. Uh, 4 1 India. Oh, but Eugene went there first. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just think I, yeah, yeah. I kind of think that England England's best chance of winning a test is the first one, and because I think it's probably going to be the flattest wicket that they get to play on. So, and then I just think that Jadeja and Ashwin with Raj and Bumrah in home conditions are just going to be too good, um, and. I, I don't think that England should give up on this mentality that they've got if they do get beaten 4-1 because it's been proven so far to to be successful. But I think in Indian conditions, they're probably the one set of conditions where it might be it, it might fall over quicker than it does anywhere else in the world. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean by that? In terms of, I just think that the wickets might mean that playing that way might get them into trouble a little bit sooner than it would elsewhere. I I think they, they might have learned a lot from this Ashes series over last summer when I'm hoping they have. And and I'm still going, yes, I, I appreciate it. I said 4-0 India, but I don't... I think that's because India is better in, in these conditions. But for me, it'll be interesting to see if they have learned from, let's say, the bounce of episode at at Lords. Yeah, Lords, yeah. And 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 you some of that short pitch bowling, some of the stuff in the first two test matches where they've admitted admitted they got it wrong. There's obviously going to be a whole fresh set of challenges that come up in India. If England do get off to a flyer, they've got people that can bowl around the wicket into some in, in, in at leg stump and try and stem that scoring rate, much like Australia did with short pitch bowling. It's going to be how the interesting part for me is going to be watch, watching how the England team retain a positive mindset despite what may be perceived as negative tactics mm. from them. Because we know India can bat all day. Like we, in India, the Indians can bat all day and they're on the right type of pitch. I think it will be interesting to see the, 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 how the tossers go. I think will be yeah, how think England, think, yeah. when, when England played in Pakistan... Ben Stokes was very much a when's the best time for our guys to bowl, our best bowlers to bowl. So that's going to be when's the when's going to be the best time for Mark Wood 
Jimmy Bowling, Jimmy Anderson, it, it went, let's get the conditions right for him. Is is it going to be a case of Jack Leach opens the bowling, for example, because like he did in, in that test match when all of a sudden it, if it's reversing, that's when you want Jimmy Anderson yeah. bowling. So you're going to have two very different tactical games going off, well, tactical formats between the two teams. Which So I said 4-0 India. It wouldn't surprise me if England won 3-1. Because I think if they get on top of the situation and figure out a formula, you know, much like the South Africans did. Right? Under Graham Smith, when they had Dale Stain and Mornay Morkel, everyone was like, you know, you need more spinners, you need more spinners. They went, no, we don't need more spinners. Our best bowlers aren't our spinners. So we pick our best bowlers. And they went, and they and Graham Smith being the, arguably one of the best captains of the last 30 years, went, no, I'm going to pick... I'm going to make sure my the right bowlers are bowling at the right times. Get Dale Stain, for example, when it starts reversing. Morning, Morkel, you're going to bowl short spells and you're going to hit people. I just want you to try and hit people. And so it's, for me, it's a bit of that when you're going to have more traditional cricket being played by India and England trying to keep thinking of ways. How, right, how can we get 20 wickets? How can we get 20 wickets? Is that three spinners? Is that two spinners? And Wood, is that groovy fields? Is that whatever? And how can we get 300? How can we get 350? What's the... Okay, final question from me. What what percentage chance are we giving England of a series win? Go on. 10%? 10. Okay. Simon? Uh, 35. I just think... Uh, the reason I said 4 is because I think India will win the key moments. I think it'll be very much like the Ashes series. Where there'll be key moments along for it, on the way, but I think India in India will win most of them. It won't surprise yeah. me if England won some of them, if England won their fair share of them, but they've got to figure out how this mentality plays in India, and they've got to figure it out quickly because they're they're playing a couple of games in Abu Dhabi against as inter squad games, I think, aren't they? And then yeah. They're going out there. I mean, you've seen the Lions. The Lions against have done well. Yeah, they playing have. Yeah. Positive, playing with that positive mindset. I think that Potts looks like a good bowler. I said that when he first came on the scene, and then he unfortunately got injured. He, he looks like a proper bowler. Matthew um, Potts. Yeah, I really yeah, yeah. like him. I like it, the angles he uses. From he, He's got that kind of thing where he runs it in at a batter but holds it. Well, he did for Kane Williamson a few times, didn't he, with that? Just yeah, and he, you look, he kind of bothers him just a little bit. He's got like that kind of broad angle in, in towards off stump, which I really like. Makes people think about it and then can deck it away. So all of a sudden, a leave, certainly in Indian conditions when the bounce can get a bit variable, doesn't become necessarily a safe option, which I, I really like. But obviously he's in the line squad, not in the main squad. Um, but you you look at how they did, and they did really well in that, that first Test. Well, so well done for skirt. Well done for skirting around the question, but I'm still waiting for a percentage. Thirty-five. I said thirty-five. Apologies, missed that. Retracted, you Your Honour. Uh, I think a lot of it's toss dependent. We, we know that the best time to bat in your inner test match is going to be the first dig, sometimes the second dig. But I just think that even if England rack up five hundred, India can rack up six fifty, and then. India are going to be able to bat better in a second innings, regardless whether they're batting third or fourth in England. So uh, I'm with edging more towards Eugene 
I'm going to say, yeah, 10%. I'm, I'm with you, Gene. I was, I was toying with the idea of saying 5%, but I, I'm not, I'm not altogether that confident. If they do it, then what a phenomenal result. First time we've won over there since 2012 is a series victory, but we shall see, shan't we? But thank you, gentlemen. Eugene, I very much look forward to seeing you on Thursday, my dear friend. Uh, we shall be spending the evening together in London, El Capital. And uh, gentlemen, we shall reconvene again this time next week, minus 24 hours. Until then. See you later. Love you, bye. Bye. Podcast Network.